I don't know, but it bears repeat. Y'all motherfuckers better chop them feet. Woo! What a weekend. Hank's Hot Cakes is back for a post-draft recap. We're going to talk everything fantasy football. We're going to go over the draft, the draft weekend. We're going to look at each other's teams. Uh, we'll talk champ and chump. Uh, we did some. Uh, we did our first Hank's Hot Takes parlay. We got all sorts of stuff to get into. So welcome to the post-draft episode of Hank's Hot Takes. And I am honored to welcome on our commissioner, Jacob motherfucking Van Hoof. Welcome to the pod, Commish. What's up, Hank? It is, uh, it's good to be here. I'm glad to be the first official guest, I guess, after the solo pod. Can't wait to recap the weekend and talk about the year ahead, man. Yeah, I, I, I guess a uh, couple of great places to start. Super glad to have you on as the commish. We, uh, I, I know the week, or excuse me, the, the weekend has a little bit more, um, more stress on your life than I'm sure it does <laughs> the rest of ours. Just ironing out a few agenda items, and then of course the the most stressful part of doing a really great job for all of us and keeping the Excel spreadsheet up to date, keeping everyone's money. Where it, you very easily could, it could be kind of a flight or flight situation where everyone does it on their own. But I'm sure in that case we would run into some confusion. So uh, my my hat is off, my my glasses raised to you, Kamish. We really appreciate everything you do for us. Appreciate the shout. Um, I'm honestly happy to do it. Yeah, it makes life a little more stressful for a few seconds there, but I think it's fully worth it to do the straight like live auction that you know everyone can focus on just looking Matt Manzel in the eye and saying $53 while he cowers in the corner. I'm sorry, Matt. I don't know why. I just thought of, thought of you. I think we had enough battles in the draft. That's why you're top of mind, but the fact that we get to do it live and not via Yahoo or ESPN, like most auction leagues do, I think adds like 50% of the fun to the auction. So happy to do it. Glad we have another one in the books. I think that's five now, which is crazy. Yep. That, 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 that's our, that's our fifth auction and fifth auction with the same 10 folks. Yes, sir. Um, we're shooting a hundred percent with draft weekend attendance since that first auction, which is just, such an incredible statistic but let's uh let's talk draft weekend let's let, let's recap it uh i i guess the best way to start with a recap is uh what was your favorite part did you have a moment or uh, a portion of the weekend that uh tops all others and i'm going to make you exclude the draft itself yeah, the draft is honestly like it's it's phenomenal, but it's too stressful to ever call the most fun part of the weekend. Like I think Havi was talking about how he paces around and how it's it's like watching a horror movie. Like I have a great time with it, but I'd almost be hard pressed to call it fun. Um, I, I kind of kid, but uh, my favorite parts of the weekend, I think they'd be twofold. One is an easy one. I think everyone would be on a similar page, if not fully agree but sitting, sitting, standing in the in the grass of our wooded backyard or side yard as Alex jogs over yelling his 
I don't know what I've been told, chant, and then watching Tolliver get off the line of a 40-yard dash in his sport mode Crocs is a moment I will never forget. Um, I think that was my my group-wide highlight of the weekend. Um, then a selfish pat on the back that I stuck a, an approach shot about two feet from the pin on Saturday morning for a solo birdie, and that felt really nice. So those were my two my two personal highlights. Oh, dude, I am getting, I'm getting absolute goosebumps. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's, there's any doubt that the, the highlight of the weekend was, was the punishment. Um, I, I think having the punishment be at the draft was such an entertaining thing for the rest of us. And I, I really give a ton of credit to both, um, both Paul and Brett because it would have been easy to stick your nose up at Mo or, or this idea and say, or not take it seriously, but you know, both guys battling it out, not wanting to lose in each event and certainly not wanting to lose overall. I mean, I was laughing so goddamn hard and we had enough people filming it to where, you know, Brett was short of the goal line. Paul stuffs him for a W in, in, in big on big and then just uh it was uh, it was hands down the best moment of the weekend um my honorable mention uh if if i have uh, if i can add one here is uh, unfortunately we were a man short but the friday night bonfire session of just shooting the shit talking talking middle school poop tacos and just a bunch of fellas just kicking it, hanging out. We don't always get to do that. That was, that was a really, that was a moment that I took a second to cherish and, and definitely worth, uh, worth mentioning. Absolutely worth mentioning. And I think obviously credit to Brett and Tal fully agreed credit to Alex as always for carrying out the punishment with the utmost professionalism and I mean, I really was skeptical going into the punishment. I thought it was going to be kind of lame this year. They'd be sort of not into it. It'd be over in five minutes and we'd all be like, is this the end of last place really being meaningful? And all three of them did a phenomenal job making a show for the rest of us, getting into the punishment itself. And then Alex, of course, making sure it's a theatrical performance for the ages. Um, love the bonfire call out. Thank you, Javi, for fire tending all weekend. We were we were definitely well cared for by the by the red flame. Well, and what a what, very well said, commission. I, I guess I hadn't considered that, but if if the punishment czar himself and the two the two delegates uh, fighting for last place, um, they very easily could have not, you know, gone full bore with this. Um, shades of I guess a good example is me, you know, not going full in on the spam punishment. Um, you know, we, I just didn't do it. Um, and it would have been very easy for them to do the same and fall back on um, me or, or some of the other guys that maybe have uh, quote unquote gotten away with it, but they didn't. And it was fun. You know, it wasn't embarrassing. It was so well done by the czar, of course. Um, and it may have saved keeping a punishment in the league. That's, that's really well, uh, really well said, Mr. Kamish. Well, thank you. Didn't mean to be, didn't mean to be so wise about it, but I, I was thinking that as we were wrapping it up, I was like, man, 
this makes me want to keep this very much alive and make sure whomever comes in last does something that's hilarious for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I guess to kind of uh, stay on that topic, um, we did have a very um, well, <laughs> well uh, monitored discussion about the punishment, and we came up with you know, that everybody's going to have to submit a punishment. Um, for, for me, I, I think mine directly will now have to be something at the draft. I'm hoping someone puts the the combine in there again because it was so great. Um, but everyone's got to submit one. And then um, if memory serves, then we'll have a vote on it. And we're going to do that. Um, did we say we'll do that on here? Or, or how did we, what did we come to a resolution on there? Oof. It sounds like submit punishment ideas before an Alex appearance on HHT. Give Alex a platform to kind of do a run of show of what people have to offer. And then I think either after the show, we can vote or on the show, you know, the czar could be autocratic and say, this is the best one. And this is what we're we're going with. Or he could be a a, a demand democratic czar and, and give it back to the people. I'm not really sure actually where we landed on that one. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. That, that That's a good place to start at least. So everybody's got to have their um, punishment submitted and let's say submitted to Mo. Um, I, I, he does such a good, good job deal. of that. Yeah. Let's, let's submit these to Mo. I, I do not want to take any of that a responsibility or B I, I could never fill his shoes. So everyone's got to submit that to Mo and I can actually give you a quick update as to what week that would be. So give me just a second here. What's my new team name? Team names we're going to get into. And Mo and I are going to be playing on week seven. So you got six weeks to come up with uh, a punishment idea, get those over to Mo, and then we'll go from there at the week seven pod. I might, uh, the only, uh, commish qualifier i'll throw in there is i might pressure you guys to do an ad hoc pod earlier in the season because the only thing i don't want to do is uh have brett go oh and six and then bitch about whatever we decide come week seven that you know he's looking likely to have to do i'd rather we get it out of the way early in the season when uh you know it's not obvious that two people are once again going to miss the playoffs yeah, great, great point. That's that's the halfway mark. So we'll we'll, we'll come up with something sooner. Um, I'll, I'll touch base with Mo. Um, okay. So p- punishment is the new punishment era is upon us, and, and certainly we'll get more ironed out as we get closer to week one, and certainly early on in the season. Well, who? There was a draft over the weekend. Um, how would you say the draft went as far as just? This was our fifth one. Was it was it the the best of the five? I mean, we really didn't have any hiccups or issues. But it to me, it almost seemed like it was the most serious of the five. But I'm curious what your what your perspective was from uh, from over where you were sitting on the table. Yeah, I mean, I, my my point of view is that we've uh, we've kind of figured this thing out. It ran smoothly. We were done in. I'd say two and a half hours with a brief intermission. 
I think there were very few guys who are going for, you know, abject steals, not too many guys who are going for way more than I thought they were. I'm obviously not the arbiter of truth when it comes to auction value, but in years past, I've kind of thought, oh boy, I don't, I think like that guy just went for nothing or holy shit, somebody just spent $35 on him. Oh my God. And I think we're to the point where everyone, everyone gets it. You know, we've done this for years both in auction and then another five or so years with this group in snake where we know each other's tendencies and it's funny to see those play out you know year after year uh but i think we're we're certainly humming when it comes to the auction what do you think yeah i i couldn't agree any more with you i think the thing we've in the thing we improved the most at this year i think by far than any of the other years is the auction year yeah. continuing to be yeah. a- attentive and the only time it really drags a little bit is when the auctioneer is in the bidding um because they're running the auction but then they have to check their notes to see if they want to get involved um, but I, I don't think it ever was you know it never was a huge issue of the auctioneer really counting themselves slowly versus counting someone off quickly um but yeah i total success this year absolute uh first team auctioneer Tolliver Rogers the guy mm-hmm. with the guy with the clips was too good to oh, be yeah. true so shout out Mo or excuse me shout out Tal and, and Mo would get an honorable mention there as well but yeah a, a total success from the auction standpoint and three hours later we have fantasy football teams for the next 16 weeks or so I'm looking at my team right now and it's, it just, it freaks me out a little bit every year, you know, you leave and you're happy, you have a plan or you don't either way, but then you actually have that team. And especially when you've got to wait three weeks for any of them to step on a football field, but at least for real anyways, I'm sure some of these guys will play in the preseason, but man rattles you a little bit. Cause if a few of these guys suck, man, I'm going to have a bad November, you know, no two ways about it. <laughs> and one of one of the traditions of of getting our teams picked is you and I started this uh long ago. I think it was 2019 looking back. Well, I think it was earlier than things, that even. Or uh, at least what I have recorded yeah, it, it very yeah, yeah, well okay. may have been and I think one year we even tried to do it pre-draft which is just oh, a, really? just a, such a kick in the nuts to Mo cuz I think most people at the time picked him or me so it, it was quite the quite the exercise but at any rate we have our champ and our chump selection and i think it might make the most sense to go over those and then take a look at everybody's teams or how, how do you want to proceed we can do teams champ and chump we can do them one at a time whatever makes the most sense to you there Kamesh. I like I like starting with champ and chump because that'll inevitably get us through, you know, up to four of the teams, at least if you want to kind of rebut. However, I speak to my champ or chump or maybe we have uh, a couple matches there. Yeah, so, so let, let's do this. Uh, we're going to start in the chump section. Uh, and this year we only have and um, we the, the only person's picks we don't have yet are yours, Kamish. We're saving yep. them for this yep. show. So we we only have three folks that got selected to be our chump this year. Um, 
So what I'm thinking we should do is we'll start with your chump. We'll go over their team and then we'll look at the other two chumps teams and then we'll move over to the champ side of things, go through their teams. And it doesn't have to be a, you know, a long Ted talk, but we'll just touch on maybe a draft pick that we like or, or you know, what we see the outlook of the team being. We'll do it for the champs. We'll do it for the chumps. And there are a couple that didn't receive any votes on either side, and we'll touch on them as well. Everybody gets a little love today. Okay, I dig it. All right, well, I to put you on the spot, Mr. Van Hoof, who is it that you think is taking dead last in this year's Fantasy Football League and will be subject to the choices of the punishments? Yeah, I thought actually longer about this one than I thought I would coming out of the draft. I think I said this to a few people like Alex, like um, I'm not going to not pick Alex, look at his team, look at his management history. But then I was going through the teams in ESPN and I found a potential competitor. Um, I guess I will spoil that that competitor is Mr. Matt Munzel and his toe knife squad. Um, Didn't love the overall roster construction and how not top heavy it is. But then I got to thinking, okay, he's got depth. Even if he sees a bust or an injury, he's got some quality guys. So I don't love his odds of winning the whole thing, but that probably protects him from last place. And maybe most importantly, He's not Alex uh, as far as managing his team down the stretch. So my official last place pick is Dr. Alex Mortensen, whose team name is the Hindenburg. And I think that's what it was last year. So I don't know if he's changed it yet. Um, but Mo is my pick. To probably yep. no one's surprise. <laughs> and, and so it, it must be here just within the last hour or so. We do have an update on Alex's team name, which uh, is the Guatemala 21. Certainly, ah, shouting, okay. sh- certainly shouting out Mr. Wander Franco. Uh, I had to remove the phrase my boy in that because I was a huge fan of his prior to, <laughs> uh, prior to the most recent events. But at any rate, this is about Mo and him changing his team name at the last. So I guess we still have some time, but almost last certainly is, is appropriate to his selection so um tell me about it what 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 was the what was the driving factor is it just his management style or was there one thing you didn't like on the team i mean the management style uh late in the year will always break any tie in favor of me picking against alex i will remind everyone that alex and i played in a semi-final of our playoffs and he started two players who got zeros. Uh, that is last place potential worthy. So we'll start right there. Sorry, Alex. Um, then on the actual team front, I think you and I took very similar approaches in really, really, really emphasizing the wide receiver position. And Alex pretty much said, fuck that. Who cares about wide receivers? I mean, George Pickens and Juju Smith-Schuster as his third and fourth best guys is scary. I don't know if I would want to roster either one. That's a little bit much, but they're not guys I want to be putting a ton of faith in. Mike Evans as wide receiver two, I think, with Baker at the helm and a pretty tough year outside of a blow-up game last year. 
Um, th- that all that like really scares me at that position. And I think some people love Hawkinson. He's not my favorite guy, but whatever. Having a decent tight end is useful. But what really kind of what it really boils down to for me is the fact that I like Lamar, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, DK Metcalf. I like all four of those players actually quite a bit. But Alex's depth and talent behind those four guys is pretty brutal, at least to start the season. And just with how busy he is and how he tends to play the waiver wire, I have very little faith in his ability to replace one of those players if they inevitably get hurt. And I think CMC, Lamar, and Saquon each have shown some decent injury history or could even bust. So I think when you're that top heavy, if you don't have the management style to deal with a potential injury, like we're talking last year, so something has to have gone wrong. And I'm basically saying he's too top heavy to deal with, you know, that potential downside. Right. And when the, when the top heavy, um, you know, salt shaker falls over, you need someone there to pick it back up. And in, in this instance, we're saying that salt shaker may be left tipped over for longer than perhaps uh, maybe someone who's picking up their pepper shaker and grabbing someone off the waiver wire. That's really well said. Um, and if you, I was looking at both, um, I was looking at Cook's team, Skyver's team, and Baldus's team from last year. Uh, Jeff won, Cook two, Skyver with the most points. And the style of teams were a little more wide receiver heavy, but they had good RB rooms. And for, for Mo's sake, he's just going to have to pray that Lamar Jackson is going to win this MVP and just be this, you know, be this catalyst for his team. But I, I don't think it's a bad pick. Um, I, I think you're with um, a majority of the league. We have one, two, three, four, five, six Mo selections wow. for last for last place. So wow. uh, a, a majority okay. vote has said Mo is your hands down favorite. Pre-season I will say, chump. I will say, I just saw his now fiance. Uh, congrats again, Alex. I don't mean to take away from that excitement. Uh, Margaret Command. And she was saying that she didn't love the looks of it. So, not a good sign. Not a good sign. No, not not great <laughs> if your new fiancé is not on board with just everything that you're doing. So, uh, a, a tough look for Mo. Um, but we did have a couple of other selections for last place. Um, I, I will reveal mine because I was not on the Mo train. Um, I will say, and very similar to what you said, um, looking at the sticky notes versus seeing it on ESPN is a far different experience. Um, I, I like doing it off the sticky notes. That's how we've done it in the past, but I just forgot and was resorted to doing it online. Um, but with that, it was a pretty clear favorite for me. Um, this is the second most pick for last place, and that's Brett Kokalis mm. in current Pacific Eclectic. Um, and his team just scares me a little bit. Um, he, he went very opposite of what, I guess, uh, me and you have done, where 
Oh, is this is his last year's team. Oh, I'm still in history here. Give me just a second. Let me get back to 2023. There we go. Still Pacific Eclectic. I don't love Christian Watson, Terry McLaurin, and Drake London as your wide receiver room. Um, he has, like, I mean, he just has enough wide receivers. He has plenty of them and plenty of RBs. Uh, Tony Pollard, I think, is going to be great. Um, he's kind of the ADP king right now. Ramondre Stevenson, obviously RB1, but in a backfield of other guys that will take snaps. So I just, it, he didn't get a stack. Mark Andrews and Jalen Hurts show. And that is just not going to be enough to do it. I mean, you have a you have a three headed monster that wouldn't scare my seventeen week old daughter. So there's like I just don't think this team has any sort of teeth, and he's going to have to make some moves to strengthen that wide receiver core. For the sake of our rivalry, uh, you know, I wouldn't hate seeing Brett Brett come in last place. He was not my pick because I'm actually a decent fan of the, you know, going big at quarterback tight end. I think having, again, it depends if Andrews is close to as good as Kelsey or more like a TJ Hawkinson level player. Um, but I think when, you, when you've been struggling, honestly, I don't hate just go and get two, two known studs at the quarterback tight end position and not have to pay 50 some dollars instead, but pay 20 or 30. So I think he's got a lot of risk at that receiver position. So if, if none of those guys hit, you could certainly be right, but I kind of like a couple of the guys enough to have kept him out of my, my final consideration for last place. Uh, Absolutely. Well, those, those were the two heavy favorites. Um, Mo receiving six, Brett receiving three. Um, and then this last one, um, which is going to be an interesting transition because this person was picked for both camp and for chump. Um, uh, again, this, this was not my selection. I will, I will share these selections. I don't know if they need to be hidden behind a uh, Spotify screen here, but Alex Morrison has selected Hey Hey, Captain Jack, take last place wow and it's worth noting that eric skyver and brett kokalis have selected him to take first place so here's an opportunity for me and you to just look at this team and we can speak freely um maybe we'll try and see what mo is seeing and maybe we'll try and see what skiv and brett are seeing but i guess i'll i'll let you lead off here with hey hey captain jack led by Eric Cook. Uh, I would start with no fucking way am I picking a Mahomes-Kelsey stack to come in last place. That's a bet that feels bound to not pan out on top of Cook's managerial history. Don't think he's ever missed the playoffs. He's now 4-4 since joining the league, has a mug, has another finals appearance to his name. So, you know... When you're making this prediction after the draft, obviously you want to take team into consideration, but you're probably betting on the manager just as much when you're talking last place. So that pretty much removes him from 
from that side of the coin. But I will say beyond the Mahomes Kelsey stack, like I don't totally love what Cook did. I really like DJ Moore as a player. I really like Jameer Gibbs as a player, but I don't think he has a surefire running back or receiver that I feel really good about hanging my hat on. Jacobs who could not play. I mean, that's a, I don't think that's likely, but if he doesn't, that puts him in a real hole because I like Gibbs a lot, but I wouldn't be betting on him to carry a running back room. And Traylon Burks and DJ Moore are probably decent receivers, but in run first offenses and Devonta Smith is a wide receiver too on a, another potentially run first team. So I wouldn't be picking him to win either. Um, but who knows? I mean, Mahomes and Kelsey can carry a team a long way. So that's a, a really sound foundation for cook's team. Yeah, I, I think I would, um, cook was not cook was not my pick for uh champ, but I would certainly lean with the guys selecting him for the champ before I yeah. lean on the yeah. side of the chump. My only, there, there's two things that pop into my mind for the potential reasoning behind picking um, this team and this manager for last place. One is he just threw a name out in a text message. Didn't, didn't really care. Just said here, <laughs> here you go, which I, I'm not ruling out as the favorite selection, just based on, based on his history. He's becoming a doctor. I get it. Fantasy football is not important. Some people don't have a fantasy football podcast that they run and just got engaged. So I, I get it. Life, life rolls on. And perhaps that was one of the selections, but in that thinking that there's probably three names right now that I, if I didn't look at anybody's teams and just went off of the guys that I know that I wouldn't pick. And I think Eric cook would be one of them. So I'm going to rule that one out. And the other is perhaps young, young coach Mortensen is thinking that a, large, very large, astronomically big regression for the Kansas City Chiefs is ahead. Um, and if that's the case, he absolutely hit on a long shot prop bet that he should take the Kansas City Chiefs under for. But I I, I don't see it. I, I think this team and this manager certainly have more upside than downside. Yeah, I suppose the the angle you could go with is every player could get hurt. And if Patrick Mahomes tears his ACL in week two, I think it's uh, God forbid that happens. We'd all have a worse time every single Sunday. Um, You know, Cook does have a lot tied up in that Mahomes Kelsey stack. But otherwise, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be on my radar. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, so those were those were the chumps again. Six for Mo got got a lot to prove, but has consistently, without fail, missed the guillotine. The guy just finds a way to survive one after another, and it, it sounds like the masses have just have had about enough of it. So Mo Mo's head is certainly on the chopping block. Um, Brett has been, you know, for the last few years since he called him out, really has not lived up to any of the imagine imaginative hype that maybe we had put on him back in snake draft days. Uh, and then there's cook, which, which we discussed at length there. So let's, let's move on over to the champion. Side Real quick before we, yep. before we do, I just got to say I'm rooting for Alex forever to not come in last place 
so that he can continue his reign of terror over whomever does come in last. And it's not on us to then do his job for, you know, his last place experience. And, and I quote, if sucking balls was a competition, <laughs> you'd win a gold medal. Yeah, I don't have that in me. I, there's not, <laughs> like, There's only one. There is certainly only You can look it up mirror, one. I guess, but. Oh my goodness. Well, I'll, I'll go first on the champ side of things. And then, er, well, I'm, I'm going to let you go first because we still have, we still have yours to be revealed here. Um, let's see. We have one, two, three, four champion selections currently with Jacob Van Hoof's pick looming. We have four different people that have been picked, huh? And would you, I can name them. So then maybe you can bandwagon one or do you want to rip the bandaid? No, I know. I, uh, I have my pick. All right. Let's hear it. My pick and why I wanted to reveal my selection live is for the first time ever between the two of us, I believe, uh, is Mr. Hank Drafts. And dirty flip flops. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. This is why I want to put it on the show. I was thinking about Whoa. it and I was like, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think I would be picking you, but you basically built the structure I wanted out of a team. You've got three fucking horses at wide receiver, two of whom I absolutely love as individual players. I think you have a really high upside quarterback. And if he does happen to get hurt, like whatever, you can probably go find a quarterback who's not horrendous. And then I quite like James Cook and J.K. Dobbins as, you know, upside running back guys. So I just think it's a team that could be an absolute horse. And if I'm picking for champion, you know, I want to go with that level of upside. I think you could come in last place. Like you, you would you also have that kind of downside because of how much money I think you put into those four or five guys but i think over the course of the year like if you can just bank you know close to 100 points from your quarterback running back running back and three receivers like figure out tight end flex defense the other weeks and if they can get you a combined 20 you'll win most of the time um and that's you know what i would probably prefer to to bet on when i'm talking champ especially when you have like Brian Robinson, who should be a decent running back. Roshan Johnson has some upside. Like, I don't hate your bench either, like I kind of do with Alex. So, uh, yeah, for the first time, I'm picking across the aisle in this exercise, and I'm taking Hank. Wow, I am. I, oh, and I before you continue, you have the fucking dad strength on your side that none of us can remotely touch, and I would be remiss not to give credence to what that might mean for your year after cook one right before he got married and it just it seems to do powerful things the 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 life that goes on beyond fantasy i so i'm i'm speechless i i i don't think i've ever been selected on the champion side of things so that that one feels great um two, one i absolutely will cash in every additional dad point that comes my way this year i think the way to do it is when I'm watching red zone in my jean shorts and my white new balances is to say things like, well, 
and all right and you know, hit my knees and make moans and groans. So I'm going to try and cash in those yeah. as, as best I can. But I, I appreciate it. Hoof, it was, it was apparent very, very early in the draft that we were both attracted to having three of the top 10 uh, or 15 wide receivers on our team. Um, the, and so, and so that was, I tried to stick with the draft strategy. I feel like in years past, I, as soon as I lose one guy, I abandon ship and try and either a overbid for some guy in the same uh, tier, or I just completely, you know, the strategy falls apart quickly, but I, I stuck to my gun had to over, maybe not overpay, but had to get that, uh, those bids in a little bit higher than maybe I thought they would have been to get my guys, but I, but I appreciate it. And I will certainly take the, I will take the boat of confidence. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could backfire. I think you did overpay, but I like how it landed on paper heading into week one. You're certainly going to have a team you'll enjoy rooting for early in the season, I think. And that's, you know, half of what the draft is about is going to get guys you want to, you want to turn on the television for, for Sunday. Yeah. Well said last year, obviously I, I back ended into the playoffs. My team was just boring. Like there wasn't a, there wasn't a ton of like, I wasn't on red zone ever, which was just so, so boring. So uh, yeah, that's, that's team dirty flip-flops. We're, we're happy to be here on the champ side of things. Um, very, uh, a very romantic moment here because my champ selection, Mr. Jacob Van Hoof is none other than can't sleep need more players. Oh, look at this. <laughs> I, I guess we're kind of looking our, t- we're looking at ourselves in the mirror a little bit Well, and, and when we look at, <laughs> now that you've selected me, um, it, it absolutely is like, I like my team and I also like your team because it's, it, it's in the same vein. <laughs> we, we both went after our big wide receivers. Um, we have very, um, boom or bust type quarterbacks. I think your running back room is far superior than, than mine. Um, and the, maybe the tight end position goes my way i've dealt with buffalo's tight ends before but Dalton kincaid maybe maybe a new beast um but i i certainly like your team i'm a huge fan of defense by committee i think there are so many additional points to be won throughout the course of the season unless you have kind of a top one or two defense um but but i really like your team i for the sake of fantasy football i think justin fields is going to be a monster um but I think that's going to come with a lot of garbage time, 30 yard runs or big chunk plays that get you 20, 22, 25 fantasy points, but maybe the bears aren't always in the W column. So I, I really like this team. I think the, um, we, we didn't, we don't have a segment for this this week, but the deal of the draft or maybe the value of the draft so far, I think with K nine, um, I, I wasn't on him. He was not on my board, but for only what? 20 bucks. Yeah. 19 or 20. Yeah. Not 19 or 20 bucks. I, I think he'll be a phenomenal RB one for you. So I'm a, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think people should be sleeping on can't sleep, need more players. Well, look at that, man. Well, I appreciate the kind words. I think, like I said, it's the first time either of us has picked the other and now we've done it. In the same year, like I said, it makes sense. We went for the exact same build. 
I, I took a little different approach from you in that I said I want three horse receivers, and I like a couple players better than I like others, but I I didn't want to get tied to you know Jamar. I have to have Jamar Chase or I have to have Garrett Wilson, the two guys who I did want the most. But when they ended up going for so much more, like I did not think I would end up with AJ Brown whatsoever, but he was the one who ended up being like 46 or $47 instead of being in the mid fifties or early fifties. So I was happy that I kind of let the draft come to me in that regard, but stuck to the overall plan, which allowed me to then jump on canine as the example and if you told, you know, this is an example like DeAndre Swift last year where I had Swift, who's obviously was a lion with a bunch of hype. And like, it was so weird to me that I ended up coming away with the Lions RB1 and among, you know, a bunch of state guys as a Michigan fan. The fact that I walked away with K9 was was surprising. I couldn't believe he was as cheap as he was. You know, I know they obviously have Charbonnet and everything, but I thought he was so electric last year and has the big playability that um, the fact that I didn't get tied to, say, Garrett Wilson or Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, at least the 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 benefit was that at least I got a guy I think could be a really high end running back in, in Kenneth Walker. So appreciate the love, man. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that strategy. My I'm. I'm always trying to think too many steps ahead and sometimes it hurts me in, in that same example where um, if you were after Garrett Wilson or I guess because you got AJ Brown, you're after Jamar Chase. Um, and so you, you back off and you lose out on him, but then there's someone else who has AJ Brown circled as their must have guy. And then you lose out on him. And there's, there's like, to me, there's only so many guys that are worth losing out on before the value like, it's worth paying that extra couple of bucks versus getting a lesser wide receiver. So you can buy uh, maybe uh, another, a canine in this instance, but I, I thought you did it phenomenally well. Obviously that wasn't the case, but that, that's my only concern in those situations. But yeah, yeah. At, at any rate, I, I'm not the only one. Uh, we have Mr. Tolliver Rogers and Eric cook, both selecting you as a champ. So you garnered three votes this year, Kamesh. All right. Well, cheers to the CMU boys. Love to yeah. love to have the the fire up chips on board. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And we're a kindred so, spirit. I always root for. Uh, I'm I'm a Mac guy at heart. Yep. Uh, catch me on CMU over MSU money line week one. <laughs> so, all right. We have uh, the, the last two are just great. These these are these are top ten. Uh, Top tier selection. So um, we have two champions left to discuss. Uh, we're going to start with um, the selection made by Matt Munzel, which uh, Matt Munzel has selected as his champion, Matt Munzel. This is like the third year he's done that, I think. So Munz, I think more than, I think he may be the only one to date that has selected himself. And he's definitely done it more than once. Yeah. Um, it, it's not against the rules. Um, I think the exercise would become mute if everybody just <laughs> picked pick themselves. But you're certainly allowed to if you think that's the play. But yes, Matt Munzel has selected Toe Knife 
managed by Matt Munzel to be your champion. And I, I, I don't hate it, but I, I also, for whatever reason, I have, I have an issue with the Chargers. I don't know why. I, I think they're overrated at times, but they do seem to put up good fantasy point numbers. And Herbert Eckler stack is a fun one, certainly. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts here, Hoof? What on Munz picking himself on his team in general? What are your thoughts? I I think if you pick yourself, you have to have such a good team, like. I have never picked myself, you know. I've I've liked teams of mine, been like, oh, I think I've got a real shot this year. And, like, and I like how this team. And for the record, no one else no selected one Matt yeah. Munzel. Okay, uh, right, yeah. Is you got to have like a killer fucking squad to me to to put that shit on your back early in the year when it's not something that that anyone else does. And I said at the top, I'm just not a fan of this team's like end of season upside personally. I could be wrong about what like Travis Etienne turns into, but seems like he's not going to have the full Jags backfield to work with. Who else has he got? He's got, I mean, I love Amon Ra. Eckler was a good deal for what, for what he got him for, but he's 30 now, I think, or almost 30. Like you said, that's a lot of reliance on the chargers. I think he's got 12 good players. And that, to me, isn't a recipe to win a 10-team league. If this was a 16-team league and you just, you know, you're trotting out Alexander Madison as your flex against somebody who trots out, like, I don't know, Josh Reynolds. Like, yeah, that'd be, a, that'd be really nice. But he's trotting out Alexander Madison against, like, I have David Montgomery, like Madison's better, but I don't think he's that much better. And that to me is like the core of why I don't love the, the Munzel self-selection. Yeah, I, I very well said it's a, it's a really good 12 team fantasy football team, but in, in a 10 team league, I mean, I, the thing I like about his team is the depth. I, I think, yeah. I think yeah. Godwin, Ayuk, Pacheco, Williams sitting on your bench. Like Munns will have an opportunity to not hunt the waiver wire for a lot because he's just going to have tons and tons of points in and out of his lineup. But there also lies the issue where you might get caught up in a tinkering situation where who am I putting in? Who am I playing flex today? Like mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. can I can I trust? Uh, is Travis Etienne going to be my consistent RB two, or do I need to see if Isaiah Pacheco uh, out of the, you know, one of the best offenses, give him a run at things like it, it could be one of those situations. So I, I, I love the selection Munz is obviously sound confident in his team. Um, but to your credit or to your point that nobody else selected him and nobody else saw it um, could, could definitely indicate something. Granted he has a mug. So, he, he, he must know something a little bit better than I, but it's su- super interesting to say the least. I, um, you know, I, I hope he gets it right, but also at the same time, I hope he, uh, I hope it uh, ends in a ball flame. Yeah. I think well said about the depth. I was looking at his starting lineup, mo- most everyone's starting lineups when I was considering who I was going to pick for last place. 
And I didn't love what Munz is going to put out there for week one. But then I took a look at his bench and I was like, okay, I can't, I can't reasonably select him to come in last because in the end, I think in last place, like when you're talking about last place, you're talking about a team that's had, you know, a catastrophic injury or two or a couple of really huge busts. And even if Munz experienced that at, you know, two positions, he has enough depth to overcome you know, having an absolute dumpster fire of a season. But I think the the downside to that depth is it it caps the likelihood that he ends up winning the whole thing and is why he, he was not even on my radar for the championship. Yeah, very, very well said. Well, um, well, well good luck to Munz and our last champ selection. Um, tied for first with you, Kamish, with three votes. Um and also worth noting, this owner has decided to select himself as well. So we have oh. our first, we have our first double, double selection for owners picking themselves. And that would be none other than Summer Breeze. Jake Havlin has garnered three votes for champion. Um, one from Mo, one from Jeff Baldus, and one from himself. So Summer Breeze. On like on paper, this team is fun to talk about. They have lots of big names, lots of guys that you talk about. You're like, oh yeah, are you gonna draft this guy? Are you gonna draft this guy? There's a lot of upside. He's got good depth. Um be curious to see, you know, if a guy like Zay Jones busts out um and the the greatest unknown of the draft thus far is Jonathan Taylor, who he yeah. currently has, you know, sitting in his IR spot, which, you know, you'd, you'd assume that that certainly won't last for long, but I, I think it's a really good team. I certainly think um, the manager, the managerial style that comes with him as well as this team, it, it warrants three champ selections. This is, this goes back to the, um, uh, sticky note card conversation that we had. If you look at this sticky note, you're going to like this team no matter who's managing it. So I, I think that um, that paired with the manager, I, I, I agree with the selection, although I didn't take it. Yeah, I like Javi's team. Um, I mean, he is probably maybe not the best, but he has probably the most robust running back room if Jonathan Taylor is healthy and plays football and isn't in like a weird wants to get traded but holding I don't, I don't really know what's going on with him he's a good football player so if he plays he'll be good for fantasy at least to a degree um but I don't I don't love his wide receivers and tight ends so again he wasn't really in consideration for my champion pick because you know in the end We'll see what happens with the Packers. I'm hopeful that they can be solid, but I think Jones benefits a lot from a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers' ability to like get into the right play calls and check down, do a pass-catching running back. Mixon is probably one of the best values of the draft. He's just a guy I don't really like, but like objectively for the 30 or so dollars playing in that offense is like a phenomenal pick. And Diggs and Allen are, are studs. But... The Hopkins locket hits is the it's a little 
I could be so I could just be so wrong and he could benefit from the fact that like we overlook older players. At least I have a tendency right, to like do so in these Cook. Yeah, right. He's got like he's got a bunch of those late twenties, early thirties guys that everyone's just like, Oh, that's not sexy and fun, but Hopkins could end up with like thirteen hundred yards, I guess. Um it just isn't like my style of team and that's why it wasn't you know a pick but he'll make the playoffs i think with that squad pretty pretty comfortably and you know as well as his own talent managing it yep you can never count out tasteful hard r and me out i mean oh uh, 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 summer breeze is a little safer a little safer. yeah <laughs> summer breeze is for the for the kids at home so Shout out to the champ selections. Uh, best of luck to the chump selections. And don't know what to do with Eric Cook there in the middle. So three guys to go. We'll, we'll, we'll cruise right through these. I certainly want to give our love. But what is your – what's your thought? Or, or if you don't have one as an answer to is, what are your thoughts on a team that doesn't receive a pick on either side? You know – that means, you know, it could, be, it could mean a lot of things. We like we like the sexy guys in this league. It could be, it could be a good thing. I wouldn't I wouldn't think much of it because for me, like I'm picking you because you kind of copied my strategy and I don't love my team enough to pick myself. But like you're the mirror image of what I wanted to do with the draft. So the fact that you don't get picked, eh. Although I will say I won a mug when. Uh, actually, now that you say it, who'd you say picked? Havy. Let's see here. Uh, Havy selections were Havy, Mo, and Baldus. I'm pretty sure when I won, uh, Baldus and Mo were uh, were the ones who picked me to win. So maybe that's a good omen for Jake. Uh, I don't think too much of it. Is my I guess my more concise answer to your question. Okay. Yeah. Certainly. Um. Yeah. Me. Me either. I. I think if I'm staring at the sticky note board, um, my my brain first goes to find the chump. I think it's obvious or it's yeah. easier to pick out the bad teams versus the good yep. team. And then perhaps if I, if your team sort of just passes the eye test, um, you know, I, I, I catalog you away as a good team. And then I wait for one that maybe, maybe stands out to me in particular. So yeah, not, not the end of the world, but our first non-selection team, which is, a, I, I think a very, um, uh, a very powerful team. And, a guy that always seems to score some points, uh, and that's Love Bomb. That's Eric Skyver. Uh, assuming we'll get a new team name out of uh, out of Ricky Soy Sauce, but first trade of the year, we 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 can get mm-hmm. right into that. Um, I guess I was not there, so walk me through it. We had our first trade. Was it live? Did we have a handshake deal? How did this shake out? It was live. It was a handshake deal in the living room. I think everyone was pushing them both like, yeah, go get your respective stacks. Like, just makes sense. Tal has T. Higgins. Rick has Calvin Ridley. Like, go go stack them up if, if you like both of the quarterbacks. And I think there was a moment of hesitation. You just went through the draft and, you know, bid up a player who you supposedly wanted. But then I think when everyone gave them the, like, come on. Make a trade. It's well, draft and weekend. For, <laughs> and that, that I think got the juices going and, and got it done. From 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 my perspective, it was 
I, I nominated Trevor Lawrence and I was sitting on the gray couch with Skiv and, you know, he kind of hit me with a God damn it. Like you know, he, he was hoping that he would fall just a little bit farther. And then mm. him and him and Tall get into the bidding auction and we get into the, we get to 10, which I didn't even think was going to happen. And it, it felt like Tolliver was not gung ho. He was, he, but he, you know, you're already in it. You already got 10 <laughs> bucks invested and, Skiv didn't want to push the envelope that far. And it was, it was kind of one of those things where tall won Trevor Lawrence, but he wasn't like completely thrilled with it. And then when you guys are talking about how like you could just trade and have each other stack, I was, I thought that that was a no brainer Friday before we went to golf. So I wasn't sure if that was going to pan out, but it, it, it definitely did. And you love, you love a draft weekend trade. Love to see it. Love to see it. Oh, back, back to Skiv's team. Um, went out and got Bijan Robinson, uh, Brees Hall. Big unknown with Brees Hall this year. Lots of lots of potential, but also in a in a in a shared a shared um, a shared passing offense situation. So curious to see what happens there. Um, but but I like the depth. I I, I like um, I I hope. Uh, did I see that Jackson Smith and Jigba is out for the year? Because that would definitely hurt his team. I don't believe out for the year, but out for, you know, a couple weeks. Like, he, he probably won't play week one. So, you know, tough to not get a look at the rookie right away. But he's not out for the season, though. Okay, th- th- that's good for Skiv. I, 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 I'm high on Trevor Lawrence. I know a few other guys were as well, including yourself. So, I, I certainly see this team... Um, eight and seven, maybe nine and six, uh, you know, a, a, a good year, maybe, maybe not a mug holder, but I, I think with Skiv's experience, it'll be just fine this year. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of Skiv's team. Um, much as much as anything for the upside, I think he's got, you know, I think that's a fun way to go into the year. It's a little scary, like Brees Hall, Bijan, Lawrence, and Calvin Ridley and even Jalen Waddle to a degree are some of the Javante Williams, Anthony Richardson, JSN. Those are all guys who could be total busts, even if they didn't get hurt, just because we don't know exactly what they are, either post injury or in their offense at the level they're being drafted. Maybe that's not true of of Waddle, but for the other guys it is. But they could be, you know, way better, way more valuable than we gave them credit for or they could be you know kind of duds like if Brees is actually the backup running back or if Ridley is in a total timeshare within the Jags offense alternatively he could have the most talented two running backs in the league two of the most talented receivers and a quarterback who's an MVP candidate at the end of the year so I I like that going into the year i think it'll be really fun it's just a matter of which side of the coin those guys pan out on yeah really 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 well said and skiv looking to bounce back after a weird year of scoring all of those points and just there's no defense in fantasy football and just running into (laughs) so many guys having big weeks so uh you know best of luck team love bomb and uh where do you want to go from here? We got two left. We got two CMU boys, two mug holders. Two mug holders, eh? 
Uh, let's start. Let's start on the other side of that trade with Tal. You want to kick it off? Yeah, that, that that's a uh, that, that's very appropriate. So we're going over to Grouch's Royal Flush, an absolute banger of a team name. Um, I am absolutely on top of Chase Elliott riding the riding yep. the Grouch NASCAR yep. heater. Well, and and it didn't make sense this morning. I I, I was on your beloved app, and which I use. All the time. I didn't mean to say that sarcastically. Um, <laughs> and the the NASCAR portion of it, it I, I got turned around because I was first in racing and then I was in motocross. But it, Chase Elliott plus 300 just didn't. I'm like, man, he must be a heavy, heavy favorite. I mean, which which he is the favorite. And so I was texting with Tom. And he's like, dude, that seems that seems low even, even for the favorite. And lo, lo and behold, that, that number was uh, was a top three finish. That was him to place. So uh, plus eleven hundred on Chase Elliott. Yeah, that's a little sprinkle dust all day long. And Gouch's Royal Flush. I, I'm a fan of this team. I like this team a lot. I think Chris Olave is going to be an absolute monster this year. I think he's a stud. I mean, Olave is his WR three, and he's got Higgins and Adams. This is uh, there's a theme to the draft or to today's chat that we both love our wide receiver room. And I think Tal's got a pretty good one. Um, Khalil Herbert is interesting, but on the other side of that, you have Nick Chubb. Um, the only thing that cautions me on this team, and I this is a general theme with Tolliver's team, is his depth. Um, I yeah. don't really, I don't think you can run any guy on his bench out there week one other than Dak Prescott, but that you have two quarterbacks because you made the trade that, that that's fine. I don't think Romeo Dobbs, John Mitchie uh, Hodgins. I don't even know who Devon a chain is or Apparently Tolliver doesn't either. <laughs> De- De- Devon Nachani. <laughs> so the, the starting lineup is great. It's a really good team. But the second we get into bye weeks and heaven forbid an injury, um, that that's where I think Tal could really see some uh, some trouble. My my recommendation, if I were to give one out as a non mug holder, is to definitely look for another RB because um, you have Nick Chubb, and then everything else is it's pretty wishy washy, and then that's all you have. So you have four running backs. One of them is going to garner you some points. Um, but I, I, I think between the the Burrow-Higgins stack, Adams and Olave, and Dallas Goddard on uh, a, a good goal line offense for him, um, it, it'll it'll suffice. It'll get him into the toilet bowl, which he'll claw his way out of, <laughs> just, just like he does every year. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan is the, the one-liner on this one. He went... Bigger into wide receiver. It's a team sort of similar to ours, although, of course, Chubb is way better than any of either of our running backs. But Adams scares me a little bit. Higgins is a little scary to me, too. I just I don't always love the wide receiver, two who has no real path to being the actual wide receiver one unless his other receiver gets hurt. Like, that's why I like Waddle is I think there's a world where Waddle is just like 
I think it's unlikely, but I think there's a world where he's better than Tyreek Hill. I don't think there's a world in which T. Higgins is better than Jamar Chase for fantasy purposes. So spending 30 bucks on a known wide receiver, too, is just like a little frightening to me. And I like Olave a lot, but I feel like that was on the upper echelon of what I would have wanted to pay for him. And then to have the depth that he has without an elite quarterback or tight end just has this being kind of a, yeah, seventh place team for me. Yep, and I hope I'm wrong. I'm rooting for you, Tall Man. I want to see <laughs> Tall in the playoffs as much as, not as much as I want to see myself in the playoffs, but almost as much. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always on Team Tall. The the the, the CMU boys got a rod. We got to stick together. Um, what the the interesting thing talking about his depth is the quarterback trade we we formerly mentioned. Tall spent seven more dollars on Lawrence than he did Burrow. And you never know what those seven dollars may have gotten you later in mm. the draft. Um, just just food for thought. Um, you know, maybe he would have you know spent it more on Goddard, or uh, he nominated was it Goddard or he tall with the draft pick of the weekend, where I think he picked Goddard for four and then just won it. Yeah, although I will say this seems to be a source of confusion at the end of the draft because I think the thing Tall was doing was his max bid was the same as some as a few other people's where if he didn't say four he would have been outbid by somebody saying four right so i think you know if you numbers. want him exactly he right. I, I, so i think tall did the right thing but you know he may have cost himself potentially a dollar or two just depends how bad he wanted goddard oh no i i was i was referencing it as right. the like as as a as a savvy okay. play, Love in, it. good. good. Ra- rather than say one and then put yourself on the odds and lose, just say four. You ha- you had the money for it. I, I get you your like guy, Yeah, you, you go get your guy. Absolutely. So n- nothing but love for Tall. And speaking of CMU boys, and last but certainly not least, our defending champion. It feels so good to say he looks so good holding that buck mug the foggy do jeffrey fucking baldus baldus has got i mean the dude just has a he has a type he's got the prototype down um he's now now that he has a mug you know it it you can definitely say more positive things about it but Oh, there's nothing worse than wanting a guy, in my case, Jamar Chase, and then starting the bidding and start to just hear Baldus' voice in the background, just 47, 49, 51. You're like, well, fuck, I'm not getting this. I'm not getting him. There's no way. And, uh, you know, a Baldus team with Derrick Henry, Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen, George Kittle, and, of course, Alvin Kamara on the bench is just absolutely prototypical of of Jeff. Uh, I love Chase this year. I think Henry will be an absolute rock as well. He's got a really solid team. I don't have really a bad thing to say about it. I think he's uh, he's definitely got a chance at the repeat. Not my pick, but has a chance. Yeah, I'm 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 all aboard the foggy do wagon here. Um, I, I echo everything that you said. No sense in saying it twice. My only, if I if I'm nitpicking, and again nitpicking because I think this is a good team. Um, 
I think having two San Francisco 49ers is it's going to be a good team, but it's the classic Eric Cook. There's only one ball in Cleveland situation, and they have so much talent spread out, so much. Everybody's going to get theirs, but it's going to be so hard for them to have massive days. And hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully Debo has this you know awesome resurgent year where he's getting his carries, sharing those with C-Mac, getting his, his passes, sharing those with Kittle, Ayuk, whomever. Um, th- that's my only nitpick. I-, I think I love this team. Um, if Geno Smith is anything that Seattle thinks he is, uh, that could be, I mean, we could be looking at an MVP. So he's got a lot to prove, but great, great team. Uh, I like the depth. I, I didn't know until draft weekend that Alan Lazard was on the Jets. Um, I like Alan Lazard and I like him with a quarterback he's familiar with. So could, could be a really solid bench guy. Um, same with Cortland Sutton and same with Marquise Brown. So it, it, it's a good team. Um, and like you said, I, I do think there's a chance for a repeat. He was the team I was surprised didn't receive a vote for champ. I, I thought someone would have hopped aboard the Henry Harris Kittle chase concept. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the only one brought ball in San Francisco because that was kind of my note too. I was like, ah, two, two 49ers. I don't always love that, especially if they're both pass catchers or both running, you know, a running back and a receiver. And, and then I realized, oh, the dude just won the league last year with Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle. So yep. he's definitely not concerned about that. No. And I, because last year I had Debo and when, when McCaffrey came over to the 49ers, it certainly, uh, it boosted mm. Jeff's, it yeah. certainly boosted Jeff's stock and that definitely didn't increase mine. So, uh, yeah, shout out, shout out to the defending champ looking to make it two in a row. And those are the teams. I got those them. Are the teams. Congrats, JB, by the way, on the title. Hope you like that mug. Yeah, a, a fantastic mug. Um, one of the cooler traditions, for sure, that the former champ is in charge of um, selecting that mug, and you know, considering the considering the champion, his likes, his dislikes, the season that he had, and, and I thought you nailed it out of the park there, Kamish. Appreciate it. Yeah. So we, we did another exercise. We'll, we'll move on. We've got two two last things to talk about here. That was that was the meat of the sandwich here. Now here are the toppings. Um, we had everybody select an owner. They were confident they were going to draft one player, thinking about the stereotypical decisions that owners make. Guys, they always like drafting. Whatever variables you use, just taking a shot in the dark. And I I was surprised that we actually had three correct selections, which um, I, I I don't know if I was expecting more, but I think three is is a pretty good number. Shoot three for ten. You're a you're a hall you're a hall of famer in my book. So we'll start with the good. Um, Jacob Van Hoof, uh, do you want to discuss your so, uh, successful pick? Yeah, I picked Alex to take DK Metcalf. Uh, felt like an absolute lock. Um, there's not much more to say. I can't believe I was the only one who did it. It was it was a stone cold lock. Minus two fifty going into draft weekend. 
I think he's had him now three years in a row. Nothing's really changed in Seattle. So it was just a matter of, did he have enough money at the time? And he went and went and got him for somewhere in the thirties. Well, uh, absolutely well done. You hit the nail on the head and you weren't the only one barking up the Morton sitting draft tree. Uh, Eric Skyver had him taken Mike Williams, which I, I definitely could have seen, um, but Munzel edged that pick out. And then this one I agreed with, but I, I didn't select. Eric Cook had Mortensen taking Adam Thielen. Um, he was the example of this exercise and him taking Tom Brady, and he was by far the most selected person. So kudos to you. I, I think Decaf was obviously the heavy favorite now that there was no Timmy B. So well done, sir. Yeah, congrats. I mean, I like DK Metcalf, so congrats, Alex. Way to go get your guy. And then, surprisingly, um, we actually had one copy, one one copycat here, and um, it was a successful pick. Um, I had already made my selection, so I, I was I was uh, correct in my pick. And then um, Matt Munzel made his prior to the draft on uh, Thursday night, and that was. We both selected you, Jacob Van Hoof, to draft C.D. Lamb. Well done. Um, I do like C.D. I like my Cowboys, but I like my receivers. And that that's really what, what happened there is I was going to go get, get a few of the receivers, and he turned out to be the one that got nominated in the tier I was looking to go get sooner. And he's once again part of the Van Hoof squad, second year in a row. Yeah, I, I I must say. What was your reasoning? Other, um, my only reasoning is because one, I I think you've had him like three years in a row, and I I have this core memory of you just saying, "Fuck, I have two Dallas Cowboys already in our last snake draft." I think you took Zeke, and I think you maybe have took Amari Cooper, if not CD Lamb. That was um, our first but, auction draft, but yep, you're exactly right. And you're, you're always a cowboy guy. If uh, if Devonte Adams, Aaron Rodgers were still on the Packers, I would have picked Adams. But C.D. Lamb seemed like a pretty solid pick, so I took a shot in the dark, and certainly it turned into light. So shout out me and Munz for getting that one right. Well um, some of the other poor selections were uh, Pavlin thought B.K. was going to select Dijon Robinson. Um, I. That, that seemed like a good pick. It was kind of a playing off of the Brett always drafts the young guys, kind of the pedof- pedophile type style draft. <laughs> so uh, Skyver ended up with Bijan. Mo had Cook taking uh, TJ Hawkinson, which I I think was a great. It, it made sense per the two teams and per Eric Cook's residency. But the funny thing here is Mo ended up with tj hawkinson hmm. so uh, obviously you don't you don't uh make your draft around these little draft selections i just thought it was interesting that that was most pick when he ended up on his own team so that that's pretty funny um grouch has uh munzel taking uh george pickens oh wait did did george no pickens i think pick? alex has pickens okay that makes more sense. Okay. Um, BK, and this one rattled me to my core. 
uh, had me drafting Saquon Barkley, and which is true. I I, I did like Saquon. I did not. Uh, I didn't think he was going to go nearly that high. I I thought for whatever reason he was valued a little bit lower than he than this year. I just I, I got kind of swallowed up in the zero RB concept. But I did put a bid in, and uh, Brett Brett had me pegged there. I was interested in Saquon. Tried to get in, but fifty bucks was too rich for my blood. Um, last two were, uh, I guess, last one here was Jeff picked Jacob Van Hoof. You to take Christian McCaffrey was uh, was old CMC hmm. anywhere on your board? Uh. Not necessarily high on it, but you know, I oh, I like good players. So I I was all in on the receivers. Is the the real fact of the matter? Although CMC did end up going for a little less than I thought he might. So I was up there with Alex for a little bit. I think I was saying you know fifty nine sixty before he ended up grabbing him for sixty two sixty three whatever it was. Yeah. Always fun. I, I always love doing those little pre-draft exercises. Yeah, just it was getting, a good one. J- j- just getting people in the mood. Um, and, and our last and certainly not least, hopefully this will catch some fire here as we get into the NFL season, is we're going to do a weekly takes hot takes parlay. Um, I, I know I had originally mentioned it's a dollar. Uh, it, I guess you can put in whatever you want into the bet. I, I certainly will never unit shame anybody, but for this one, I, I, I liked five bucks just cause it was going to be uh, a shorter group of people. Um, but we did have one additional add to our first parlay of the year. So Jacob Van Hoof, you'll give one, I'll give one. And then I have a selection from none other than toe knife and Matt Munzel. So we got, uh-huh. three, le- okay. we got a three leg parlay. It's going to be plus 1,289, which is going to be 15 bucks to win 194. All right. I love it. Lead us off. What would what, you go with today? My pick is going to be the Ohio Bobcats money line versus San Diego state at plus 120. Um, I do have to be transparent. I don't know that much about the teams playing in week zero. Um, so I had to, you know, do some looking. I was thinking about a USC over. I know they don't play much defense and their offense is, is fire, but the line was like 67 and a half, which means, you know, you, you got to be scoring points basically every minute. And everything I've, I've heard and read about Ohio Looks pretty damn good for a team headed into San Diego State, at, you know, in as an underdog. They've got a quarterback who looks like he's going to be the real deal, at least for a, a Matt guy, this Rourke kid. Um, they were nine and three last year, so coming off a, a pretty good season. And I think in Week zero, school hasn't started yet. Maybe that means the the home field advantage of going out west is less critical. So I thought that was a a nice shot as opposed to trying to bet some 30-point spread like the Notre Dame-Navy game or USC-San Jose State. So I landed on the Bobcats. 
like I said earlier, always got to ride with the Mac if uh, if I have a legitimate opportunity to do so. Yeah, Kamish, you are you are at heart a CMU dog. I'll give you that. We're we're, we're big Mac guys here on HHT. So shout out shout out the Mac money line pick. Um, I'm rolling with uh, Notre Dame's star running back Audric Estime to score two touchdowns against Navy. Oh. No, it's it's going off at plus two forty. Uh, Notre Dame, obviously a top fifteen team this year, looking to make some noise. They're certainly going to need to whoop on all of their non. I guess they're not in a conference. All of their uh, lesser opponents to try and give themselves a shot at the playoff. Um, I think obviously Navy will hold on to the ball at times, but Notre Dame is going to have their way offensively. Um, I don't think two touchdowns is all that crazy. Uh, going at plus 240, um, that, that'll be fun. And again, to your credit, with it being week zero, you don't know about those big spreads. Could have an upset here, um, but I know that the, the star running back is going to get his touches one way or another. So hope, hoping that pans out. And then Matt Munzel rounds out the parlay here with a little New Mexico State minus six and a half. And they oh. are they are playing UMass, I believe. In and I quote Matt Munzo here says, um, New Mexico State to cover against UMass, led by Don Brown, aka Dr. Slant. LOL, oh. what a what a bum. Yikes, so he's betting little, against uh, the old Michigan defensive coordinator, huh? Okay. Yeah, there's a there, there's a little dirt and vinegar in that wound still and Munz is going to try and capitalize on it, and I am here for it. I'm here for it too. All right. What's the you said the payouts? What? So we're so if everyone's in for five bucks, it's five bucks to win 194. The let's go. Yeah, the the prop is going off at plus 12.89. So uh, should should be a good one. I mean, all of those, none of that is incredibly unrealistic, and hopefully, it'll be a nice payday to pretty much get the year get the year started yeah i feel like you hit even one of these and it'll pay for all the rest so let's uh let's get it done early go bobcats <laughs> baby uh, I, I love it hoof well shit that's uh we, we had to come on post draft little, little reminiscing little team review little gambling i mean that, that tank's hot take so man hoof as always a tradition unlike any other the final word is yours, good sir. Um, I've noticed that Brett hasn't changed his team name. I really hope it is Snake Draft King or Can't Run a Budget. I don't know. Something to just give ode to the fact that he doesn't know how to run an auction draft. Uh, that's really all I got. I said all I had to say about the rest of the squads. I can't wait for another uh, great year of the DHS League. As always, boys, 